Hello, welcome and well done for finding us. We are recording this live from Scotland as both an audio podcast, but also as a video for our YouTube channel as well. So feel free to check us out over there as well. My name is Simon. I'm here with my good friends and co-hosts, Brucey and JB. Today is June the 22nd, 2021, and this is The Burek. In 2021, Board of Lockdown. Three friends began producing a podcast. Today, still going strong, they continue to talk nonsense. If you're having trouble sleeping, and if you can find it, maybe you should listen to the Burek. Well, boys, hello, welcome. For those of you who uh, were keen of hearing there or eyesight, if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll notice we don't have our usual Jimmy D with us today. Uh, we are, in fact, uh, graced by the presence of JB. Uh, some people call him the Silver Fox of Falkirk. Uh, he's known as the George Clooney of Foment. Uh, but he, to us, he's, he's JB. Uh, good evening. Good evening, Simon, and thanks for the intro. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's it's an honour actually to be filling such uh, such big shoes as uh, as uh, Jimmy D, who's uh, off on his holidays. Apparently, this uh, this three week holidays on is the longest he's ever had in his working career. So, I'd like to wish him well and uh, good holiday, and uh, happy to be here. Sai, uh, how does it feel to have uh, got this far into the podcast without being interrupted? This is going to be a very sweet podcast, I think. Uh, <laughs> Love you, Jim. Love you, no, Jim. Miss you already. Miss yeah, you. missing you already, Jim. Uh, I think it was just he wasn't used, he wasn't ready for the fame. I think that's the trouble, and it all sort of got a bit much for him. So he's had to have a couple of weeks off already, just to just take a know, breather. Yeah, take a breather. Exactly. Reset. Connect. Connect with uh, nature again in Barra. Exactly. Barra. Exactly. North East. Yeah. <laughs> Undisclosed location. Uh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, oh well the paparazzi will be after him now. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, he's going to Centre Parks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, any paparazzi listening, he's in Centre Parks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brucey, how are you? Uh, and a roller coaster of emotions this week for you, Bruce? I imagine. Oh, sorry, it's been, it's been, it's been something else. Obviously, we're recording this, but minutes after Scotland's elimination from uh, Euro 2020, so. That's filled an awful lot of the last week, to be fair, with uh, with uh, England on Friday and obviously the game tonight. So, um, so yeah, feeling a bit oh, just just frustrated. The classic Scottish thing of just, oh, if only we'd done a bit better. But uh, otherwise, the week's been week's been fine. Some uh, some good, good news, which I'll maybe talk about in a second. But uh, generally, no, good week. Good, good, okay. Uh, Right. Well, in that case, let's uh, let's get on with the show and move on to our first sort of section, which we usually have, which is uh, what's on your mind this week. So, JB, as a you know guest special guest host, why don't we start with you? Well, I thought I'd uh, I'd, I'd talk about uh, something that's that's kind of affecting me and, and there's a story kind of bubbling up in the news that uh, it's it's around the kind of working from home and working from home burnout and and that type of thing i've i've been uh home working since oh crikey march 
2020, just when lockdown kicked in, out of the office. I've, uh, I've been in uh, on a, a Monday once in that period. Been doing a bit of weekend work, but in an empty office. Uh, so I've been you know, cooped up in the house and I've been finding it tough the last few months. No getting away from it. It's 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 really hard. Uh, just you know, loss of kind of motivation to actually kind of do any exercise, that type of thing. And a, a, a story kind of came through on the the I think I saw it on Twitter, uh, and it's it's around a, an American company uh, called Bumble, and Bumble's a dating app, uh, fairly new, uh, and it's basically the, the women are in charge of making the first move, so it's kind of empowering the the, the, the women right. to kind of be in be in control uh, and and the, the the senior sort of founder of that company has has basically said to the the, the, the 700 worldwide staff you're having a, a week off uh, and it's basically you know to, to kind of sense the, a, a collective burnout across the the staff and they're they're, they're, they're basically giving everybody a, a week off paid uh, just to kind of take a, a vacation you know spend some time with your family uh, you know and and, and that, that type of thing so it, it's uh, they will have a kind of skeleton staff doing uh, obviously kind of any kind of app support and that sort of thing but those staff will get that week as well so they're, they're ensuring that everybody gets that 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 week off to to uh, to, to kind of try and just sort of have a break and and and, and sort of focus on themselves essentially and bumble it's it's a new a new a new company found you know a, a, a young lady called uh, whitney wolf heard founded it and it's a uh, i think she's the youngest uh, youngest person to float a, a company on the, the stock exchange and uh, the, the 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 offices seem to be quite kind of forward thinking as well there's 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 lots of kind of uh, interesting setup. There's a mommy bar. Uh, it's a, a, kind of described as a private lactation space. Uh, you know, you can get fortnightly manicures, hair trims, uh, that that type of thing. So it, it's uh, it's very much kind of focused on the the employee and that type of thing. So uh, I think in in terms of uh, me and, and and working at home is it, it, it's, it's just the, the sort of cumulative effect of uh, you know not not seeing your your, your colleagues and uh, you know the, not having a commute not being out and uh, you know sort of the, the commute was always a, a, a great place for me and t- I, I was able to kind of put, put a podcast on you know uh, listen to that you know half an hour 40 minutes in the car that's gone you know the, the commute is essentially for me out of the shower close on walk up the stairs and then desk and you, you also had that time at lunchtime where we, we there was a, a group of us in the office and we we'd go for a walk up up into the the the, the, the guile and and grab a sandwich and you'd just be chatting getting some fresh air and you know all of that's that's kind of that's gone and it, it's it's just it's 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 been it's been really tough and and that when i saw that story i thought wow that that that's a cracking thing to do for for your yeah. your employees uh is, is just you know take a week come back refresh reset and uh you know so if anyone from the, the tesco bank executive is listening <laughs> there's an idea you know I, I'd, I'd happily i'd happily take yeah. a week do you think that solves it though jb because that because i think what i love about what you're talking about there is that is that acknowledgement of just like human interaction 
you know like mm. we're we're so we are social beings and i mean i'm totally the yeah. same I, I started a new job in in the middle of lockdown and apart from my really close colleagues like my three immediate uh you know colleagues that work in my department I, i've not seen a, a single other person from from the university that i work in in the flesh pretty much for for 18 yeah. months and that's that's like a it's so weird particularly i mean obviously i work in theater and, and art stuff so that's huge but but in any context yeah. you know that that just going and like you say having a chat getting a sandwich yeah just just going and you know talking talking shit about the day with um yeah. with, with somebody is is um is so crucial to just allowing you to to sort of operate it it, it removes a, an element of 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 work that that it makes it makes it a, a little bit enjoyable because you know going in meeting people and chatting you know you you'd get some some great kind of discussions over the the desk just about what's going on and you know football sport all that kind of stuff and and that that doesn't happen over teams you know it's it, you, you don't sort of and initially the, the on our kind of teams calls you know everybody would kind of make an effort to put the camera on and <laughs> now it's very rare the kind of day in day out churn meetings that, that i have nobody's got the camera on there will be there will be some some parts of the business are more camera orientated than than others uh, and and always make sure that their cameras are on and if you go into one of their meetings you've, you feel like you've got to put your camera on type thing but uh, and and you know the area I work in cameras it, it, it's it, you know it's a, a kind of not done anymore it, it, it was initially but it's not anymore and it's mostly all business there, there's there's no time for for chit chat and it's it's just kind of get on with things and whereas that you know and, and when you're walking about the office as well if you're in the office you, you, you see you see different people and uh, it, it's uh, it's definitely a mess. I mean, I, I, we we had a new chap start in our team a couple of weeks ago on a Monday, and I, I went into to, to sort of basically onboard him, get me his laptop, and you know just kind of introduce him that sort of thing. And I went in there, I was quite excited to to actually go into the office because I was kind of hoping I'd go in and I'd see all oh, the people in their same old places, and you go, oh, but. You know, they weren't there. They were obviously they were all home, and there were there were some people there, but it was just people in getting their laptops fixed and that that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was a big letdown, and I didn't see anybody I knew from sort of that, that was that was that was working there. You know, so yeah. I think the the idea of this sort of thing, though, having you know, giving your staff a week off or whatever, paid or whatever, is brilliant. But it all seems to be Americans that are doing it. You know, I don't I don't hear yeah. many of our companies over here sort of yeah. doing that sort of thing so they must have i think they've got a better um handle on perhaps how people are yeah. and maybe in, in the workforce and need some and it, there's maybe a there's maybe an element as well is that the, the standard leave entitlement for for workers in america is, is generally a lot less than in the uk so i think average you'll probably find four weeks in the, in the states mm -hmm. and, and and that's it whereas it's 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 more than that in the UK, uh, okay. and I, th I think in terms of the, the the workspace as well, I think wh when we eventually do go back to the office, the, the offices are going to be look different. Uh, there's there's going to be more kind of uh, collaborative spaces, uh, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a bit Google esque with a ping pong table and you know, yeah. table hockey that that sort of thing. Uh, I think it's going to be more kind of that style of place that that will be not inhabited constantly there'll, there'll be kind of 
occasions when teams go in to get together for a particular reason. Uh, but I, I think it's just going to be a totally different, uh, a different world when we do go back to the office. I hope yep. it's not changed no, too much right, though, because you, you know, you, I don't know. I, I mean, there's an argument you get more productivity when you're at home because you've got less distraction and and all that kind of stuff. But there's a, you know, in any business, there's teamwork and a sense of camaraderie and all hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I just well, think over time. Sorry, Bruce. Uh, no, I'm just saying I'm aware of uh, one um, group of workers who have uh, cleared out their desks recently. So that when they go back, they're not going to have their own desk anymore. They're going to have sort of hot desks, whatever, because people are going to be in and yeah. out a lot more and different. So, you know, that's just that's just one example. But I'm sure there's businesses all over the place doing the same sort of thing. So I think it will be different. Yeah. It depends what you're last. doing, I think, probably. Um, well, I think yeah. I think the the one of the one of the things that's that the, the kind of byproducts of the the pandemic has been certainly that that in in my space is that things that previously were thought too difficult to do, an example, you know, the 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 call center staff in in Glasgow, it it was always said that they, they should always be in the office. You no, know, it's it's too too difficult to have, you know, customer service people taking calls from the public in their house. It was too complex for the phone systems, all of that kind of thing. And they were always working in the office. When the pandemic struck, there was a project spun up and within two months they had all the call centre staff, or pretty much all the call centre staff working from home. It was basically, you know, get everybody working on it and, and, and just no boundaries, collaborate, and, and, and we got it done, you know. And mm. that was something that was previously thought too difficult, but necessity, and it, and it was able, it was done, you know. Yeah, no, interesting how quickly people can get things working if they need to, I think, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I wonder uh, if, if necessity yeah. creates a different... A different view of it though like like people will work from home and and will be on a call center at home because they have to in a pandemic but when they don't have to will you get the same productivity will you get the same level of response will you i mm. know i also think there's a big sort of unanswered question about well suddenly i'm i'm paying the electricity i'm paying the heating i'm i'm paying the internet to allow me yep. to to work at home mm -hmm. and actually at some point you've got to go well i'm subsidizing you know quite a big mm -hmm. institution to allow me to, to to just do my job and you know I, you know if we are going to keep yeah, continuing yeah. and maybe at some point someone's got to go well that has to be you know looked at yeah, there's, I mean, a, yeah this is a big point i mean there's, there's knock-on effects as well if you're in your home all day you're not out of the local cafe buying a sandwich for lunch you know, or a coffee or whatever. So that business yeah, is doing as the, well. So the, the kind of Pretamonji style yeah, places yeah. in the town have been hit badly. So a huge knock on effect, I think. So it will be interesting again. I think every week our conversation sort of mentions COVID and how we come out of it. So I think it's mm. uh, it's a big it's a big thing, and we'll have to see what happens. Um, thanks, JB. That's a good one to start with. Uh, okay. Brucey, how about yourself, mate? Anything uh, on your mind this week? Well, I mean, I'm afraid mine is still COVID related, um, but I guess that's the uh, that's the world and life that we're that we're living in. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, this week, I mean, just today, in fact, Nicola Sturgeon made made the announcement about the kind of roadmap out of out of lockdown and past level zero and 
I suppose of particular interest to me being in the arts um I should imagine you as well Simon as as someone in a visitor attraction the the discussion around physical distancing I mean it affects everyone but um I suppose we're in industries where that has been been a phenomenal effect on on what we're able to do um the announcement that we're actually going to drop down to zero outside from the 19th of July and one meter inside and then hopefully from the 9th of August that that's going to drop down to to zero inside as well is it's huge it's phenomenal and I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to put on a um a show for the fringe which I'll maybe talk about in a couple of weeks time when I'm 100% convinced it's going to go ahead um <laughs> but it, it, it's sort of the last line of of sort of organizations and companies that that aren't haven't been able to so theater has been just phenomenally hit you know music clubs comedy clubs just haven't been able to open it at, at two meter social distancing so so to see that suddenly have a have an end point and actually an end point that's only four weeks away is, is such a kind of, sort of turn of events i mean it, it was interesting that nicola sturgeon said today she made the announcement about you know the sort of last lockdown after the winter solstice then we've just had the summer solstice uh yesterday and suddenly we're in that we're in that kind of flip so um yeah i'm really pleased that that's that that's come up i'm really pleased that that's might be a thing and it looks like now i'm going to be able to actually put on a, a fringe show which has been kind of in the balance for like 18 18 months be, um because we're actually finally moving to to some sort of distance so that's you know been a big shift mm -hmm. for me this week so what what is the status of the the the, the fringe is it it's, it's going ahead but it's you know in terms of how many events and stuff like that what, what's the kind of view on what will happen i mean i suspect a lot of companies are the same as us jb in that they've been hedging their bets so some mm -hmm. companies will will have started rehearsals some companies will have committed to online already because it's too long a lead-in i mean for us we're we're talking about starting rehearsals in less than four weeks time so so we've, we've suddenly now this week got to go from basically a stand and start to how do yeah. we make a show in, in, in four weeks. Mobilise, so, yeah. Aye. Now, and I'm, I'm, I don't think we'll be alone. I'm sure there's plenty of other companies. So companies like the National Theatre and the, obviously the International Festival are, are, are kind of well planned. But, but the, I think the Fringe as a whole will be a much smaller event. It's likely to be obviously more local companies, which is probably no bad thing, actually. A lot of folk have... Secretly, if you just look at the fringe, probably wanted that for years, which is to sort of, you know, reduce the power of the big four producers, um, and obviously promote local, local mm -hmm. companies. And actually, this is going to do that, sort of for free. Um, so those that are lighter on their feet, those that are able to respond today and go, hmm, actually, I could probably put a show on, um, will will do well. But it won't be benefit, yeah. It won't be two and a half thousand, three thousand shows like it like it is normally, and it, and I think it will yeah. still be a hybrid of of the two different types. Because there's there's simply not going to be the, the 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 numbers with obviously overseas travel severely constrained. Still, uh, you're going to need to kind of rely on sort of you know local and and, and Scottish kind of people coming and, and and filling the filling the gaps. Yeah, and and I think. I think normally, the, the, I mean, I should probably research some statistics, but I'm pretty sure that the vast majority of fringe audiences are actually locals. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, there there is tourism. There's no doubt about it. You know, they, they sort of famously think that Edinburgh doubles in size during during August normally. I don't think that will happen <laughs> this year. But 
but there is a local audience. There are people who like to go and see go and see what's going on. And obviously for us, we hope that hope that that's the case. Um, and hopefully it will showcase. Um, and what I hope is that folk go, oh yeah, well actually, it's fringe time. I'd like to go and see something. What's on? Oh, there's a local company. Oh, I'm going to go and see them. You know, and yeah, that's the big hope. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 great news that things are you know going to be heading back in that direction and that things will be able to to go ahead uh, for the fringe, especially. But also, like you mentioned, Bruce, business as well. I mean, we're looking, thinking now that we can uh, you know increase our numbers, uh, you know, because the distancing is going to be off, off, and uh, that's going to be a big difference to what we do as an attraction as well. So, yeah, I think it's great news, and it's good that it's happening. So quickly I, it's good news as long as it's safe and i guess you know it is because people who know know i suppose so um you have to I, yeah i'd it. be very surprised <laughs> if it wasn't you know given given how much caution that there has been i think i think it's a real clear sign mm-hmm. that they they feel like and again you know without wishing to get too political but but you know what nicholas sturgeon said today was well that we're now moving from let's make it as small as possible to a stage where we have to go well how how do we live with COVID? How do we move forward in a way where the things that are compromised when we're trying to stop COVID spreading aren't compromised anymore? And and it mm-hmm. seems like, particularly with the current variant, that they found a way, well, they feel like the, the link between infection, hospitalisation and obviously death are are you know um, wide enough that that we can proceed, which is which is great. Now that's not to say there's not going to be something else coming down the line, but I, I Based on how they operated to date, it, I think it's really encouraging that they've gone. Yeah, four weeks time, boom. You know, we can we can move to a different place. Yeah, and oh, I mean, I I, I, I never kind of heard any detail on the the, the, the announcement, Bruce. I think it was kind of caveated with as long as the numbers kind of don't don't go too stratospherically bad. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it was it was yes, the numbers are high. I mean, yeah, I think it was something like. The highest number of individual cases today since January the eighth, which is mm-hmm. right at the start of the current lockdown. But but the hospital numbers have are, they are increasing. Translating into hospital, yeah. But they're only increasing by one or two a day, which is which is the big yeah. which is the big difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as always, there's it's there's, it's still caveated, and obviously, you know, the big hope is that is that there isn't another um, variant that arrives that that sort of eliminates the the progress yeah. of the vaccines. But but the argument is the vaccines are essentially are working, and therefore. Yeah. We're in a place where we're we're able to start to look at things differently, and you know, thank goodness, because certainly theatre and the arts, you know, couldn't really sustain much longer without without catastrophic consequences. I don't think. We'll just uh, wait for the Euro twenty twenty variant to kick in. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> uh, good, right? The um, Time has already marched it on. Uh, I'll quickly mention what was on my mind this week, and it's just a story that I saw um, just yesterday, actually. It was an ITV report that was highlighting Amazon and uh, the amount of um, product that they are willfully destroying uh, every week um, through either people not selling uh, selling it or being returned uh, to the, the warehouses or whatever. And I just think it's absolutely crazy. Um, I'm just looking at the report here online, and it's saying that uh, each week uh, an ex-employee 
who uh, don't want to be named, obviously, um, said the target was to destroy 130,000 items a week. And that's, that's to me, absolutely crazy. Um, that's disgusting, I, I would say. Is that, is, that, is, is that the stuff they're trying to sell on Prime Day, is it? <laughs> I, well, but, probably, yeah. But, I mean, they're talking here about, um, you know, getting rid of oh, all sorts of things. Hoovers, uh, drones... Um, oh, I, you know, iPads and stuff I, I saw yeah, iPads and Mac, like MacBooks. MacBooks yeah yeah yep. I mean I'm just thinking this day and age when you know there's so many people out there really struggling I mean these, these surely the businesses could do something and, and actually give these products to some sort of charity or something yep. rather than just destroy them yeah. it's absolutely shocking yep. uh, Amazon in not very it. nice folk shockers I imagine that eh well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, let's not get sued by anyone. But I mean, it's uh, it's just I think it's yeah, I think it's a fact of growing older as well and realizing that actually, you know, to get something is more than just writing it on a birthday list. You know, it takes time and money and effort to save up for these things. And, you know, perhaps you can't, you know, give your children or whatever everything they've asked for. And then, you know, you see, you know, these guys just throwing these things away. Uh, so, so, yeah. So I- I mean, I, I'm, I'm. What, what go, goes through my head when I, I read something like that is why, and, it, and it's, it's, it's got to be cost. That 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 must be the most cost-effective way. You know, the, the, if they're not selling them, uh, you know, getting them to somewhere else in terms of giving them away, that's a logistical effort. That's going to cost them money. The the easy and the low-cost way must just be putting them in a crusher or something like that, or however they dispose of them. Uh, that, that, and it, it must just be to maximise profit. That, that that would be all well, it is, but it's just bonkers. It's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it says yeah. they, they tracked a couple of trucks and uh, some went to uh, a recycling centre, but some went straight to landfill and got emptied at just landfill sites. Uh, and there's a, that's, that's just one uh, fulfilment centre. There's 24 of these centres around the UK, so I'm assuming they're all doing the same thing every week. Mm. Uh, which, uh, yeah, absolutely disgusting. I think you're right, Rosie, that's the word. So, yeah, that was what was on my mind. Um, so, we'll have a... Yeah, here we go, that's Amazon for you. Uh, right, let's move on to uh, the next uh, section of the podcast, which is, once again, we're going to be crossing live to Bruce's house uh, for our weekly update from the Sports Desk. Well, yes, yeah, Simon, uh, Sports Desk is a, is a slightly glum Sports Desk this week. Um, as uh, we mentioned earlier, we're recording this not long after Scotland were eliminated from UEFA 2020 and UEFA 2021 following a, a 3-1, I mean, let's face it, mauling by Croatia uh, this evening. Um, uh, we, we, just to sort of roll back a little bit, we played England on, on Friday since we recorded um, the last podcast and and as in almost typical Scottish fashion, we against what is deemed as the bigger team, we we really turned up. We played awfully well. We were almost we were we actually outplayed them. More shots on goal, uh, more shots on target. You know, good save by their keeper probably stopped us winning the game. Um, and optimism and hope was flying high. Um, and then tonight we we played Croatia, who. I mean, let's not forget we're World Cup finalists in 2018. You know, there are no mugs. Um, they have, for 
you know, pretty much the last almost 25, 30 years produced some absolutely top quality players. Their star player is a guy called Luka Modric, who won the Ballon d'Or, which is best player in Europe in, in, in 2018. Um, you know, they, they're a quality team. And um, unfortunately for us, having been pretty rubbish for the last two games, the real Croatia turned up tonight and um, absolutely mauled us, absolutely smashed us. Um, you know, we, we played quite well for the first 10 minutes, didn't take our chances once again. Um, and then they just started to dominate the ball, started to pass it around, had something like 70% possession. And um, three fantastic finishes, you have to say. You've got to just take your hat off to them. The Modric's in particular was just, you know, class. Just not, no other way to describe it. And Scotland looked, I mean, Scotland looked knackered, basically. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sort of loath to criticise them because they've um, done fantastic to get to this point. And, you know, it's brilliant that Scotland have finally qualified, but... You know, I think I think there are some questions to be asked about team selection and particularly substitutions. That was the thing that sort of drove me nuts. We didn't make many substitutions against England on Friday night when the players were clearly wiped out and we still had two subs to make and we didn't we didn't make any subs and then we started with exactly the same team today and by about forty minutes you could tell that they were all knackered. <laughs> and um we still had four subs to make and we didn't we didn't really make any and then it was 15 minutes to go we still had three subs we had a substitution that we could make where we could bring on three players didn't make it sure enough five minutes later Croatia scored a third game over and you know the little things like that they're it's probably overly critical but um um you know we we can't even claim that our normal scottish trait of glorious failure no we just got whapped <laughs> absolutely <laughs> two yeah. games Soundly beaten. We lost five goals at home at Hamden. You know, actually, you know, not really very good. We played we played well for one game against England, and and that's about it. So, Bruce, I'm I'm going to I'm going to ask you something here for your your, your view. Given only North Macedonia were ranked lower than Scotland in the whole tournament, what why why should Scotland expect to to go into a group with? three teams that are, are, are ranked higher and consistently better than, than Scotland statistically. Why 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 I mean why why do we let ourselves get get kinda caught up in this uh, the, the, this 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 hope that, that we, we or, or in some cases expectation. I mean there was an expectation before the tournament, the Czech Republic, that's yeah, that's the easy game. That's that's what you know uh, it's you know we're forty something in the world, and to get to where we are the, in the finals, terrific. And yeah, I, I, th- I think it would have taken an absolutely monumental kind of effort in in, in raising performance levels to, to to get through. You know, I, I, I get caught up in it as well. You know, I wanted the team to do well. I wanted them to qualify, but I'm I'm quite I'm quite a realist and. I look at things like that, and I th- statistically, it's like, well, how how are we going to make such a big a big change? You know, Croatia are fourteenth, we are forty four in the world, and it's like, God, that's that's a big jump. That is a big jump. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's a fair point. You know, we are we are lowly lowly ranked because of because of some bad performances over the year. But I mean, you look at both the Czech Republic and the Croatian. We beat Czech Republic the last two times we played them. All right, they've been slightly hit by COVID, but we've been competitive. So you could you could look at that game and you think, well, it's fifty fifty. If we play our best, 
and and then we've got a chance. But for some reason, Scotland always end up on slightly the wrong side of it. You know, we didn't actually play that well. There's an argument about Steve Clark's team selection. You know, actually, did we play the absolute best team that we could have played? Like Billy Gilmore, who got man of the match against England at Wembley, didn't play. Oh, um, yeah. So, so you, so you, there's that. You know, we've never Croatia. That's the first mm-hmm. time Croatia have beaten us tonight. We've played Croatia four, five, six times, I think. Um, the first time they've beaten us. So again, there's there's pedigree there to go. Well, actually, we could we could beat them, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, but just this, oh, we're you know we're just happy to come along and wave our flags drives me nuts because you know, we've got <laughs> players that that win won the Champions League that yeah you know are top top quality players and I, I think there's a men- I mean probably not the time to go into it now but there's a mentality thing about Scotland about just why can we play as brilliantly as we did on Friday night against England yeah. once out of three games you know that's yeah. There's something about mentality there. It, yeah. You can talk about everything else that you want, but the game we played the best in was the game against what we perceived to be the hardest team. And actually, yeah. if we'd played as well as we did against England, against either of the other two teams, we probably would be talking about qualifying now. And we didn't, for yeah. whatever yeah. reason. And if you, you, you can benchmark Scotland against a country like Wales, who, sort of last couple of tournaments, you know, Wales, Wales must be kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to kind of make a mistake here, but in terms of population, it can't be far off Scotland. Uh, I know Smaller. Scotland again. Uh, uh, yeah, what are they four million something like that. Yeah, even smaller. So two and a half, three. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that that's a smaller country with with a, less of a pool of talent to, and and you could argue that if you put Scotland's kind of team. Uh, in terms of where they play, you've know, got a lot of Premiership players now. Wales have got guys from all up and down the leagues. You know, obviously Bale's a superstar, and you know uh, Aaron and his name surname escapes me at the moment, but uh, he's he's a cracking player as well. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, yeah, top level player, uh, but probably across the piece, Scotland have probably got more players playing at a higher level as well. So it's yeah, where are we going I mean, wrong? Don't want to go on sports desk too long, so we talk about it for the rest of, our, uh, of the night. But Ramsey and <laughs> Ramsey and Ramsey and Bale are top top players, you know, and that's probably the difference is that they are in the absolute upper echelons of of football. They would yeah. they would have a chance of getting in most teams in the in the in the whole mm-hmm. world, and that's what elevates them. But the counter argument is that we've got players that are that are pushing that envelope: McTominay, Robertson, yeah. uh, Gilmore. Obviously, was out, was was off the Tierney, day, but, yeah. But they don't for what Tierney, yeah. I mean, Tierney was fine today, but wasn't wasn't outstanding. And for whatever reason, we just don't seem to be able to consistently bring our best top game. And yeah. um, and it's it's our it's been our Achilles heel for years and years. It's uh, I mean, despite the outcome, which uh, is not what you wanted. I mean, actually, the last two games. Bizarrely, I've enjoyed it as a family. We've, uh, for the first time ever, sat down and watched two football games together. Um, the girls, my kids, wife, myself. Uh, and you know, it's been great actually, good fun. Um, so from that point of view, you know, the tournament's been good for us, but obviously not for Scotland. But it did make me laugh a little bit after the England game. That if you just listen to the the reaction of it at the end, it's like we'd won the championships. Show me, mm-hmm. we'd actually <laughs> drawn, we'd drawn with England, but. Um, <laughs> you would have thought we'd won. You know, it's just brilliant. But there you go. 
Good. Okay. Uh, well, we'll keep going with the sports desk because the competition does go on. So next week you can talk about any other team you want to, I guess. <laughs> not, <laughs> uh, not interested anymore, Sam. Who do we support now, Brucey? Who do we go to? Oh, now, who do I support now? Wales. I, mean, I love. Wales. I love Croatia. Actually, I've got a Croatia strip, so maybe I'll, I'll just follow Croatia because mm. they knocked us out. Uh, uh, home nations. Okay. I got to follow the home nations. You got to support um, England and Wales, I guess. Good. All right, Brian, let, let's move on uh, before Bruce gets completely depressed. Um, we'll move on to our usual feature, which is the Scottish quiz. And this week, uh, JB, you'll be taking on the role of, uh, of Jimmy, Team G, Team Jimmy, uh, if that's all right with you. And we'll see yeah, how we got on absolutely. with that. So, uh, again, we'll cross over to Bruce, who will lead us through the Scottish quiz. Okie doke. Brilliant. Welcome to right. Scottish quiz, JB. I hope you're ready. Um, Thank you. You've been listening to the last few weeks. You might get a couple of little uh, clues here as to as to how it goes. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I do like to think of myself as a, a, a an accomplished quizzer. General knowledge, uh, the a, a penchant for sport, but uh, I know we're going down. Uh, I think we I don't want to steal your thunder. We'll, we'll, I'll let you kind uh, of open up with the what, what yeah, the subject matter is this week. You missed yeah, sport. That was last week. Yeah. So, um, so the plan was before we knew uh, James wasn't going to be here this week. We're going to do um, Scottish movies or um, you know uh, Scottish film. Probably is a is a better description of the broader genre. So we've gone for that, which naturally would be in Simon's territory. So you know you may, as the way the quiz works, you get to go second for half of the quiz. So you may want to just steal his answers. You know, play a bit of tactics. Um, okay. But I'm not sure Si will do all of these, to be honest with you. I've, um, I probably I've won't. Don't build me up too so. much, Bruce, no. <laughs> so, uh, good. So, who gets the... I can't remember which order. I never remember which order it is to go for. You used to go first, uh, today, I think. I think I went first last week, I think. So, it must be Jimmy, okay. uh, team, team Jimmy this oh. week. So, JB. To okay, go first. JB. All right, JB. So, okay, you get the first five questions. You get to answer first. Okay. okay. So, the first one's a bit of a toughie, to be fair. Okay, which uh, Scottish coastal town appeared in the Marvel film The Avengers Endgame as New Asgard? Ah, uh, okay. Hmm. I don't know the answer, so this is going to be a guess. Scottish coastal town. I am going to say Troon. Oh, Troon. Good, I can see you're thinking. I can see you're thinking. Right, Sibiti. I, do you know, I, I hate, right, I don't know. I can't think what it is. I can picture it and I can't even think of the name. So it's going to really annoy me, but I'll go with, I know it's not, but I'll go with Troon as well because I can't think of anywhere else. Troon as well, you both going for Troon. Oh, well, first point to me because uh, neither of you got it. It's St. Abs. Ah, St. Abs. St. Abs was okay. the... Uh, featured location that's yeah. down kind yeah. of down past Dunbar isn't it yeah that's right yeah, yeah. east coast so that yeah. Was, yeah uh that was that one okay so that was question one right okay. question Tricky. two all righty uh i've got a couple of these types of questions so see if you can get this which scottish movie actor connects the movies jumanji guardians of the galaxy and the tv series doctor who I think I'm going to go for Peter Capaldi. Oh, go for Peter Capaldi. Okay. 
Hmm. Okay, interesting. I don't know. I would naturally have gone... Well, I don't know, actually. Uh, I think just to be different, I'll go with um, Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester McCoy. I can't um, Zero for zero, chaps. Uh, it's, the answer is Karen Gillan. Oh, I, I thought it was David Tennant I was going to say there as well. Yeah, I was thinking Karen the Gillen. doctor, but of course. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yep, Karen Gillan, Jumanji, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Doctor Who. All right, zero, zero so far, okay. Now, question number three. Sean Connery was only nominated for one Oscar in his career. What was, which film was the nomination for? The Untouchables. Oh, JB. Has gone for the Untouchables. Straight in there, yeah. I've got to uh, agree with JB on that one. The Untouchables. Back that up. So, yeah. Oh, you're both right. Yeah. Point each. So yes. it is the uh, granny's uh, off. The <laughs> Untouchables. It was looking very dodgy there. <laughs> oh, uh, I, did, I would never have lived it down had I came away with zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Okay. Question four. In the film Gregory's Girl, directed by Bill Forsyth, uh, what was Dee Hepburn's character called that uh, Gregory, John Gordon Sinclair, had a crush on? Dorothy. Oh, gone for Dorothy. Sai, do you remember this? I don't remember the name of the character. So Jonathan sounded quite uh, convinced by that so I'm, uh, that's I'm one of my that's one of my skills so I, I, I can i can sound convincing about a lot of things well let's go for i'm gonna go for yeah why not dorothy as well then go on go for dorothy and you would both be right yes dorothy is the name well done jb uh character. <laughs> so two each okay good all right JP, I don't know if you listen to this quiz uh, very often, but I like to get a Billy Connolly question in here every week. That's my uh, that's my challenge to myself. So here's this week's Billy Connolly question. Uh, what was unique about the character Billy Bones, played by Billy Connolly, in the film A Muppet Treasure Island? What was unique, what was unique about, about the character? Yes, about that character in the Muppets film. Muppets Treasure Island. Uh, he, he, he wasn't a, a Muppet puppet. He was human. I mean, true, but there was there were other <laughs> oh, humans well, uh, who okay. appeared in Muppets mm. films, but, but there's something unique about Billy Bones compared to other characters in, in Muppets movies. That's about as much as I'm going to give you. Mm. Mm. Oh... Because Michael Caine's in that as well, eh? Oh, he's uh, Christmas Carol. Oh, Christmas Carol, God, yeah. Billy Bones. Uh, what was unique? Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm stumped. I can't even come up with a, a reasonable guess there. I don't know. <laughs> no, okay. uh, the only thing I can think of. And you know, I actually haven't seen this film, but I'm assuming. <gasps> I know my go-to one is Christmas Carol, I'm afraid, but uh, mm. I can only assume it's something like he's the only character ever to swear in the Muppets film, or something like that. Oh. Do you know what? Sorry, that is a good. That is a good guess. Uh, you're both. You're both wrong. Um, ah, okay. he, he was the first character to die 
in a Muppets movie. Uh, oh, right, okay. Uh, okay. Billy Bones yeah. was the first character to that. Sorry, spoiler alert, should have put that in early. Well, that's it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's ruined it from now. Well, if you've read the book, Sai, obviously you'd know. So there you go. Yes, in at that point, anyway, he was the first uh, character to die in a Muppet Very movie. Good. Okay, good trivia. So at this yeah. point, we switch over with the scores to each. So, uh, Sai, you get to go first, and JB, okay. you get to uh, hijack uh, Sai's answers as you uh, as you see fit. Okay, <laughs> question Sammy's half to read to see if he's bluffing or not. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, who uh, was the last uh, Scottish winner of an acting gong at the Octo at the Octors? <laughs> Let's try that again at the Oscars. So, who's the last uh, who could be claimed as the Scottish winner of an acting gong uh, uh, at the Oscars? I'm going to give you three choices here because they're slightly okay. tenuous in terms of the link to being Scottish. Uh, so, your options are Emma Thompson. Tilda Swinton or Olivia Coleman? Oh, well, I don't think Olivia Coleman's got a Scottish connection. I think Tilda Swinton or what was the other one? Emma Thompson. Um, I think my gut is going with Emma Thompson. Okay, so he's going for Emma Thompson. JB, are you going with size cut or are you going to come up with your own answer? Can, can, can you just reread the question for me, please? I mean, I can try. I didn't do very well the first time. Who was the last Scottish winner of an acting gong at the Oscars? It's slightly tenuous, as in, in, in the link to, to sort of being Scottish, but it, it's. So does, it, does that does that does that mean all of the all three of them have a tenuous Scottish link, or just one? Or a tenuous. Oscars link, one of the two. I'm not oh, yeah, more no. than that. Okay, okay. So they've either got a tenuous Oscars link or they've got a tenuous Scottish link. One of them. Okay. Two. So Tilda Swinton, Emma Thompson, or um, uh, Olivia Coleman. I think uh, I'm going to go Emma Thompson. Go on, Emma Thompson as well. Uh, you're both wrong. It's Tilda Swinton. Uh, she won a best best supporting actor a few, uh, a few years ago. Lives in Scotland, and and is sort of, sort of viewed as being Scottish. Although uh, please don't write in if I'm okay. hideously wrong about that. It was the best Oscars, <laughs> Oscars acting link that I could uh, that I could find. Oh, was that was that the one? Where she was a boxer that she got the Oscar for. Oh, a pass. I didn't write down the name of the film. I'm just going off on a tangent. I thought Emma Thompson got something for an Annie McPhee. That's what I was thinking. Emma Thompson was my red herring. Okay, question seven. I think this both should be should be all right with this one. Local hero, another Bill Forsyth movie about a man who tries to buy a village, has a well-known theme tune, but who recorded it? Me, 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 me. Oh. I can even tell you what it's called. <laughs> oh, God. Do you want the question again, Simon? No, I, I can't think of the answer. Uh, Bill Forsyth. 
Oh, uh, oh no. I, I don't think I can get the answer. No. You passing oh, so, that one? I'm going to have to pass it. I'll, yeah, I'll pass it. Ah, oh, it's annoying me. Yeah, Mark man. Knopfler. Mark Knopfler. Dire Straits is the correct answer. And the name of the song is? Going Home. Going Home. There you go. Yes, oh, JB New, takes Newcastle, the lead. Newcastle United play that when they come out, don't they? The, the, the football Going team home. play at St James's Park when they come out. I mean, it's a, I mean, the first half of it is quite rubbish. It just only gets going about the second half of the, uh, yeah. of the actual tune. Oh, it's a great, great uh, movie, that. I love that. I love that film. Good, good. Classic Scottish. Often voted as yeah. in, certainly in the top three, if not the uh, the best Scottish film. Okay, three questions well, to go. Wrestling, one point lead for JB. Wrestlers Natives was on the other night as well. Good. That's a good one. That's not coming up. Uh, okay, so uh, the film Train Spotting was primarily filmed in which city? Well, unless this is a trick question, I'm going to go with Edinburgh. Yeah. Nice mm. Edinburgh. JB. Bruce has got a big beaming smile there. I suspect I'm wrong, but I, uh, go on then. I'm going to stick with Edinburgh. Go on. Edinburgh is the obvious answer. But the only kind of the only real bit that you see Edinburgh in is the the, the kind of the, the opening sequence where they're running sort of down Princess Street and so okay yeah I don't think it train spotting one we're talking about here not not train spotting two although it could apply to train spotting two doesn't it I'm I'm tempted to say something else but I'm scared. Because if it's not a red herring, I'm going to go Edinburgh. I'm going to go Edinburgh. You're going to Edinburgh as well. Well, no, the answer is Glasgow. Most of train spotting was actually filmed was in and out. around Glasgow. Films, main film set was in Glasgow. Pubs in Glasgow. Um, uh, the club was in Glasgow. Yeah, it was mostly filmed in Glasgow. It's set in Edinburgh, wasn't it? Set in Edinburgh, but yeah, 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 they filmed a, a vast majority of it in. Uh, oh, I knew that was going to be wrong, JB. I could just tell. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I could see, I could see Bruce's gleaming smile there. <laughs> uh, that made me worry. That made me worry. Should have, should have put you off. Right, okay. Two uh, questions left. Okay, which Scottish movie actor connects the movies *Indecent Proposal*, *Pocahontas*, and the TV show *House MD*? Scottish actor. House MD. Pocahontas. And what was the first one? Indecent Proposal. Indecent Proposal. God, I can't remember who was in that even. Um, Scottish actor in all three of those films or TV programs. Uh, just, oh. No, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say... Kevin McKidd. It's gone for Kevin McKidd. JB. Mm-hmm. Pocahontas and Decent Proposal. House what MD. House MD TV series. Uh, I'm going to say Billy Connolly. J 
JB has been listening for the last three weeks. I come on, you should you should be getting that. It's Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly question. Already. Well, I know I chucked in. I chucked the extra one in. They said fully off the set. And I know uh, the, the reason I went for that was because I know for sure he's in Pocahontas. Indecent proposal. I couldn't have said in House MD. I've never watched a, a single episode, so I put my my eggs in the the one basket there with Pocahontas. My, my Disney knowledge like a, saved me there. Well done. It's like a like a priest or something, like a sort of marriage celebrant or something in Indecent Proposal. And uh, oh, he's only yeah. done one episode of it, but he's been in House MD as mm. well. So, there you oh, go. Well done, JB. Takes a two-point lead. Last question's academic. But let's try yeah. it anyway. Uh, Rob Roy and Braveheart are obviously two historically uh, set films in made in and about Scotland, but which was released first? Um, Bonus points for the year. I think Braveheart in 1995. Okay. I th- I'll go Rob Roy in 94. Ooh, okay. Uh, so the point actually goes to JB because Rob Roy was first. Uh, it was indeed Uh, but they were both released in 1995 Rob Roy in the April and Braveheart in the September so Scottish movie quiz crushing victory for team JBJD uh, this week I must say that was your that was your week well done I I know I think I was just crumbled under the pressure there Bruce to be honest Uh, a bit embarrassed to be honest (laughs) well done JB Thank you. Played well. Played well. Brilliant. Right, let's move on from that because I'm, uh, you know, I can spare my blushes and we'll move on to uh, our next (laughs) section. (laughs) Uh, Something you may not have heard about this week. Thank you. Uh, Hopefully this is something you've not heard about. Uh, Space is is something that's that's always fascinated me and... uh, Something that I, I saw uh, fairly recently was that, that NASA have discovered the, the, the tallest cliff in the, the, the solar system. And it's 12 miles high, so a 12-mile vertical drop. And uh, wow. it can be found in the, the far reaches of the, the, the solar system. And it, uh, unfortunately, we're, we're kind of probably going to get into kind of James's beaver territory here, but... It's it's a moon of Uranus uh, called Miranda uh, that this this cliff is on, uh, and uh, as I said, it's uh, tw- twelve miles high, uh, which is it's like ten times the the height of the Grand Canyon uh, and twice the height of uh, of Mount Everest. Now they reckon if you were to jump off it, it would take you twelve minutes. To, to fall down it and because of the, the, the minutes. Uh, 12 minutes and that, that kind of really made my head think you know he's jumping and you're, you're actually falling for 12 minutes but you, because of the level the, the, the gravity level is something like you know 1% of, of what, what's on planet earth 
uh, you fall much much slower, and uh, you, you you wouldn't actually you wouldn't need a parachute. You could you just like a kind of airbag or a, a kind of cushion at the bottom would be would be enough if you jumped mm-hmm. off there because you'd be actually falling so slow. But uh, I, I I just I was my my mind gets blown by these sort of things. So that they're they're able to kind of investigate and look you know however many millions of light years away uh, Uranus is and there's a, a small moon that's got this 12 mile high cliff and they can calculate all these things and it, that, that just that just made me kind of it's, it's crazy yeah. isn't it? it makes you realise how small and oh. insignificant we actually are yeah oh. yeah so that, that, that was it don't know if you'd heard that before guys but I just it was just something that, that, that really kind of caught my imagination and uh, I thought well you know that, that, that's just mind boggling yeah no guaranteed when we colonise uh, other planets that becomes a playground for the rich and famous to do at a weekend a 12 mile <laughs> jump I bet you pay top dollar for that yeah, yeah. no I hadn't heard you that at all which was fascinating actually you can't help but wonder what they were looking for to discover that particular fact. Yeah. You know? uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Somebody's yeah. job to try and kind of explore all the planets and find the highest vertical drop. Or is it just be stumbled <laughs> upon? Yeah. So what? Here but there's are. no. There's clearly. Oh, it's just. A, it's like a rock face, I guess. There's no. Obviously, yeah. there's no water yeah. or anything underneath it. It's just. No, no. Just, just a, a vertical drop. Yeah. 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 Mm, crazy. No, it's brilliant. Those sort of things. Love it. Love it. Mm. So well, brilliant. What a great addition. Um, we're going to skip over um, Crowdfunder Corner this week because, uh, again, just short of time. And we're going to go to a, maybe a, a one-only feature, depending on how long Jimmy D's away. <laughs> but you know, while he's away, we'll fill his whiskey uh, whiskey of the week because, really, I mean, he's the only one who can do lick lipping, lip licking like he does. Um, oh, am I not allowed I, to do that? So I <laughs> as long as we have a warning in advance, Bruce. If you're going to okay. go through it, let us know. So we're going to go to Brucey this week and Brucey's beer of the week. Uh, well, uh, Simon, I'm, I'm firstly an apology for um, threatening to get you some of this beer and then not actually being able to actually uh, manage that. So, uh, you know, I know how disappointed yeah, that is on a weekly basis when we've had no whiskey <laughs> so far. Um, but as James was away, um, I thought it would be... Um, an opportunity just to talk about uh, one of my favourite beers and uh, my favourite type of beer, and um, and and kind of you know just just why I like it. So, um, I am a massive fan of German uh, German lager, and uh, and this week we're going to be talking about uh, one of my favourites, which is the uh, Warsteiner Premium beer, uh, available from most decent supermarkets to be honest um top tip if you get it from asda it's only 170 whereas from tesco it's two pounds so you know worth going the extra mm-hmm. uh the extra mileage to to, yep. to get it from there um mm. <laughs> but the reason the reason I, I just thought it was worth kind of highlighting as as, as a beer is, is it's very easy to drink um uh i and also you know all german beers still to this day um uh, have to um, uh, what's the word uh, uh, be, be brewed in why? accordance with the German Thank purity you. laws accordance is the word that I was looking for yes, uh, they have to be brewed in accordance with the German uh, purity law uh, and that decree only allows for four ingredients to be included in the beer okay? and did you know Simon 
that the German purity law is one of the oldest laws still applicable uh, to this day from when it was first introduced in 1516. So, wow. uh, Bruce, one of the, yeah. can I can I ask a question? Uh, now, I think I may know, but where, where did the, that, that beer purity law originate? Which town in, in Germany? Do you know that? Oh, no. Now you're asking us very specific question. Um, I know some stuff about why it was enacted and what what was brought in. I think I might know. I think okay, uh, my, 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 do- my daughter and I went to Germany a few years ago uh, to an ice hockey match. Uh, the the Glasgow team were playing in the European Cup essentially, and they were play they were playing against uh, ERC Ingolstadt. And if if my memory serves me, that Ingolstadt is 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 where the 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 German beer purity law was was formed. Uh, I may be wrong, but I think I think I think that's that's I think that's right because uh, I do remember trying some of the local the local stuff. Uh, Sort of brewed in Ingolstadt, and and it was it was it was very nice, and and that that triggered something in my head when you mentioned that German beer purity there. Uh, yep. The the Audi Museum's also in Ingolstadt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. And just just very quick, uh, Wikipedia on that would confirm that yes, it was uh, issued in Ingolstadt in 1516, Brilliant. and it had three aims: uh, to protect to protect drinkers from high prices. To ban the use of wheat in beer, so more bread could be made. And probably most importantly, to stop unscrupulous brewers from adding dubious, toxic and even hallucinogenic ingredients oh. as uh, <laughs> preservatives or uh, or flavourings. So, um, so uh, Bruce, Bruce, you can ask yeah. what the four ingredients are in your beer then. Oh, you can. Well, maybe you should guess. I Maybe, maybe oh no, it's back into the... Uh, So uh, the the four ingredients are hops, barley, water, and later yeast in in every stein. So they're the they're the only four ingredients. So um, so in a lot of more modern lagers and and particularly your more kind of commercial lagers that are produced mass produced for the market. So your Carling, Fosters. Uh, Stella, Cronenberg, uh, these these kinds of things, which are, which are kind of given almost fake providence, but they're actually just mass produced by kind of brewing companies, mm. and they also have additional kind of preservatives or whatever. But to but to be a, um, a proper German beer, um, it has to apply to the to the German uh, purity law. Um, so- and oh, go on. Sorry, I'm. I'm just. I'm. 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 I'm I, I can. I could probably ask quite a few questions on this. So you know, quite often uh, beer gets brewed under license in the UK. You know, what one one I always kind of hark back to is uh, Rolling Rock, which you know I, when I was a, a youngster, that was one of my favourites, and it was it was the tagline was only ever brewed in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. But then, you know, some 10, 15 years later, you know, they're doing it in Foster's Brewery down in uh, Manchester. So they, they, to, to comply with the German beer purity laws, do, do, they, do they have to still be brewed in, in Germany? Have they, have they got to undergo kind of inspection or something like that? As far as I understand it, they don't have to be brewed there, but they have to, 
they have to refer to the law. They have to be applicable to the okay. law. So you can't you can't claim it as being. It's a bit. It's like one of these origins of um, uh, place things. You know, it can't it can't be described yeah. as being a, a, a an official or proper German beer unless it applies to mm-hmm. the, the the German purity law. So, um, I mean, there's lots of things like that. You know, famously Foster's. You know, you go to Australia, nobody's ever heard of Foster's. It's like, what's this? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't exist over there. It's not. It's not a real Australian beer. You know, yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, whereas so what the makes this one? Is... Uh, sorry, I was just to say, what makes this your your favourite beer, Brucey? I mean, availability side helps helps an awful lot. I can I can just get it from <laughs> I can get it from Tesco's. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, and one of the things that I love about drinking the German beer is 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 the next day, that that's the thing, uh, and it's transformed my drinking experience. As, as obviously we sometimes have a game of poker on a Saturday night. You've talked about you can drink several German lagers of an evening, and the next day you wake up and you don't have that kind of horrible fuzzy head feeling like you've got yeah. something in your head that you can't get rid of thing. Like you wake up and you think, "Oh, I've had a drink," but you don't. You don't kind of feel bad. This particular beer, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the opening now. Here we go. Hopefully, get oh, a nice sound. Nice. I think Bruce, if if you ever get the chance, take take a trip to Ingolstadt. It, it's it's a lovely place, re- really nice town, castle in the middle, river running right through the middle of town, P- lovely place. Uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I mean, back in the room, Bruce, you're back in the room. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I was just enjoying the idea. Yeah, I mean, I lived in Germany as a kid, so I so I spent oh, a lot of time yeah. there. I love I love the country, yeah. and, and I think it's great. Not yeah. been to so I must I must do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, in terms of drinking it, Sai, it's just a really crisp, nice, it's quite a dry lager. It's got a really, I think, quite a nice taste in terms of kind of lager drinking. It's very easy. Um, I mean, Certainly in my younger years, I was more of a kind of bitter or heavy drinker, but now I'll, you know, probably, given the choice, I will try and get hold of a, of a nice kind of tasting ger- kind right. of German wine. What, what's the so, standard size of bottle it comes in, Bruce? What's what's the standard um, bottle size? Because I'm a cheapskate, I buy the six sixty mils because it's the it's the cheapest per mm-hmm. uh, per kind of liter priceage to do, yeah. and I highly recommend it. You in the, most supermarkets will sell six sixty bottles, mm-hmm. um, much cheaper than they'll sell four cans. So actually, you can get, as I say, you know, six hundred and sixty mils of Arsteiner for one pound sixty or seventy in ASDA these days, and you know, so it's much more than a pint for one pound sixty, you know, uh, if you're trying to compare it to kind of sort of uh, pub prices. But you know, it's nice. You can have you can have many of an evening and not feel kind of rubbish. And uh, um, yeah, it's a good gateway into into. German beer. It's not my favourite German beer, probably. There's a couple of... Um, I particularly like Helles Lager, which is the Munich kind of lighter, blonder stuff, which I, I, I really like. There's one called an Augustiner Helles, just in case we never get to do this again. So. Um, <laughs> uh, that is just an absolutely gorgeous beer. It's so nice to drink and so just lovely to drink. Um, uh, but you can't really get that widely in supermarkets. You've got to kind of go looking for that one a little bit more. But... Um, yeah, if you're if you if you're not that fussy about drinking kind of lager and you don't particularly like a thick head, then um, uh, get get a couple of Ashtons will sort you right out. Good, but it does take the edge off losing at poker, so it does ha- it does have that effect. I wouldn't know, sire. I tend to yeah. win most weeks, as you as you right well know. 
Lovely, excellent, brilliant. That was that was a nice wee change from from whiskey, but I'm sure we will go back to that when Jimmy D gets back from his uh, self-imposed exile. But uh, a nice change, uh, change it up for a while. Uh, good, right. We're very long in terms of length of this podcast, so JB, we're going to go to you quite quickly if we can for the Scottish word of the week. Okay, right. So, Scottish word of the week. Uh, it's, it's two words hyphenated and it's kiggle kaggle <laughs> kiggle kaggle kiggle kaggle yeah shall okay. it do, do I spell it out will that help or you could, if you'd like to so it's k-i-g-g-l-e hyphen k-a-g-g-l-e kiggle kaggle okay okay so right. the options for the, 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 the definition of that is, uh, first one is, is it to laugh heartily? And option B, is it the action of a curling stone going down the ice uh, in a kind of wobbly fashion, wicking off the odd stone and, and not settling smoothly along the ice? Or option C, is it the noise the bird a curlew makes? <laughs> Kegel, kegel. Wow. Okay. Very specific. Well, good words. Uh, I think you've put the curling thing in there as a red herring because you like curling, and I, mm. I suspect that is a red herring, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know my bluffer at the poker, say. Well, <laughs> I, if I had to guess one of them, in fact, they all sound a bit far-fetched, to be honest, but um, let's go for the I don't even know if it's a real bird, but let's go for the bird. Curlew. Curlew's a real bird. The curlew. Yeah. The noise a curlew makes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll go for that. Lucy? Oh, I mean, I've, I don't really know, it's truth be told. But I'm going to go, I, I'm going to reckon that you've gone a double bluff and it's a curling thing after all. That's my guess. And you are spot on, Bruce. Yeah. Well done. And it it can actually, uh, as well as the 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 stone going down the ice in a kind of wobbly fashion, uh, it, it also it also kind of wicking off uh, the, the stones here and there. Just a kind of generally untidy kind of staggered delivery. It's it can also use be used to describe the 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 style of walking home of a curler after a few drams of an <laughs> evening. So it's like a stone zigzags down the ice, and a curler after a few drams, the kiggle kaggle back home. Uh, so and that it's an old old Scots term. Well, that's bro- now we've got a way to describe James's uh, style of play. So now we know. Well, I was just going to say that. I've seen James Kiggle Kaggle on more than one occasion in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Kiggle Kaggle, that's brilliant. That's good. Well done, JP. Nice one. Uh, Right, guys, we're going to wrap this up because we are, like I say, uh, a bit long. Um, JB, it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us on the podcast tonight. Well done, JB. It's it's been great fun and the time's flown in. (laughs) Hopefully I've not waffled too much. I think you've brought a level of professionalism that we haven't had before, to be honest. (laughs) Any of us. <laughs> Any of us. Uh, especially from uh, Team Jimmy D. But uh, no, appreciate your time. And I'm sure if you'll come back, it, this won't be the last time you'll be on the podcast uh, if you'd like well, to join us again. Th- thanks for the invite. And I would love to do it again sometime, yeah. Fantastic. Brucey, thanks again. 
Thanks, sir. Yeah, brilliant and well done, JB. Yeah, good, good fun. Nice to, uh, nice to have you. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do it again sometime. Let's do it again sometime. Brilliant. Right. Uh, for those who are watching on our YouTube channel, thank you very much. Please do uh, like and subscribe to the channel if you can. That really does help. Uh, for those of you listening on podcasts, uh, thank you as well. Um, we are uh, Burik One on Twitter, the Burik on uh, YouTube and uh, the Burik on or wherever you get your podcast from. So hopefully you enjoyed them and thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you all uh, hopefully next week. We'll do it all again. And from for now, take care, stay safe and goodbye. Good night. Thank you. Bye, everyone.